Hello and welcome to the Common Thread Collective. This is Global Val here, here with Diamond Dave. Hi, Dave. Here, here we be. It's a, hey Val, it's a to be continued. And you were speaking, just to put a little, a to be speaking, to be continued, we were talking about what's happening up there in, uh, at the Standing Rock Reservation, outside of that. But standing up there with a pipeline. And I just want to let people know that they're, that they're wintering in. Folks are, uh, folks are wintering in. There's going to be a village uh, winter uh, way up there in what state? North Dakota. Uh, for the winter, to stand in the way of the pipeline. And any, uh, any help with wintering uh, could be help. Uh, could, uh, I'm talking about warm blankets. I'm talking about warm uh, sleeping bags. I'm talking about warm clothes. I'm talking about warm, 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 and the cold North Dakota winter. Yeah, amazing. And I know that there is another uh, protest camp in Iowa, which is another state that this pipeline is, is uh, being carved through. Um, and they were issued an eviction notice as um, for yesterday. So I haven't been able, I haven't had a chance to check in and see what happened there. Well, maybe we could do that as well. That And 30 Iowans were arrested a few days ago uh, for sitting in or sitting out or sitting in front of or lying in front of whatever so that uh, so this is going to be watch and see Val this is going to be hopping across the country like stepping stones across the country standing in the way of that pipeline all the way across yeah and I mean it's interesting uh, an aspect of it that's really interesting to me um, connected to what we've been doing here on the common thread collective is uh, last summer not this not this summer but the previous summer 2015 when you went up to um, the rainbow gathering in uh, was it South black Dakota hills. black hills of South Dakota right and then and then afterwards um, what well, was formed there this friendship this kind of unexpected uh, bond that was formed there between the rainbow family and the Lakota people the rainbow Lakota Alliance Thanks to the grandmoms, and I believe you know the one because I called. I'm talking about uh, I, I'm talking about Red Feather and uh, and Loud Hawk and Loud Hawk, and uh, that alliance uh, is, continues to this day, of course, oh. and uh, mm -hmm. to this day, of course, and it's all to be continued as the beat goes on. Val, so yeah, to see it, you. what I rem what I recall from our conversations. Um, last summer uh, with the Lakota uh, people who, who called into the show after the Rainbow Gathering, um, they were talking about, because I know there was initially some kind of controversy about, you know, there were some people who didn't want the Rainbow family there, you know, on the sacred land and blah, blah, blah. But that um, what evolved was, was this connection. Um, and what came out of it was this inspiration. And they, they're they spoke of uh, the s several people who we talked to last summer spoke of how they were so inspired by the way that the rainbow family treats the land and treats each other and works together and leaves no trace and leaves the land better than they found it and, and really respects the land um, that it was really inspiring to the local people who, you know, I, I, although they may ha be surrounded by it um, are often coming from, you know, communities where, uh, you know, they're poor or there's lack of access to, you know, good education or, or, or good health care or good jobs, uh, you know, and there's a you know, kind of r reservations have been have kind of been wrought with addiction and and all, all of these real atrocities, um, kind of cultural atrocities, um, but that they envisioned um, a gathering of the red tribes um, 
And it seems like that vision is coming to be because there are people from all over the country, uh, from different uh, tribes and bands, um, in indigenous folks um, from different states who've gone out to North Dakota uh, to be part of this protest, this blockade, this camp. Um, and, and there's so, and it's almost, it's this big resurgence of native uh, rituals and prayers and and dance and and people like getting to know and learning about not only you know sharing their own but like learning from about other tribes and all these people coming together that hasn't hasn't been seen in in generations. That's exactly. And uh, heard the Hoopa people and the Alome people from out here came rolling in. Yeah. And at one point a circle of the tribes from East Coast West Coast coming together and are to be continued. Ding dong. And you can see how you can trace it back. And of course at Thanksgiving last year, where was I? Thanks to the Lakota Rainbow Alliance, I was in uh, I, I was in front of the White House. That's right. With the Lakotas, with the Lakota grandmas who are really down with it, with the Lakota grandmas who uh, uh, with the Lakota grandmas who help continue this make does make it happen. It's a very matriarchal matriarchal culture. And the beat, go, the beat goes on. Some of them came to our gathering in the, from the Black Hills to the Green Mountains. And so here we are. And that's a to-be-continued uh, for sure. And of course, uh, now we have, uh, as we speak, we have the folks who, uh, the, the folks are, uh, I'm talking about Lucid and company who went down to Louisiana and Baton Rouge and the, the floods there. Right. And now we have the storm happening as we speak. Down in Florida. What they say is the greatest, uh, the greatest uh, storm uh, coming into this country in, 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 in history for a very long time. Well, Hurricane Matthew. Matthew. Uh, and that's happening in Florida. Matthew, Mark, Luca, and Matthew <laughs> is happening right now as we speak. A storm of biblical proportions, you say. And I, I would, I'd imagine that Lucid and Company, the Rainbow Family again, will be there, there, and as we do, do now with so much experience going back to Katrina, and for so long going there and setting up the kitchen and feeding the people, will be happening once again, and once again, I, I, I one hopes, one pretty well knows that the Common Thread Collective, but will be reaching out to letting people know what's happening there, what will be happening there in Florida, Felipe. My brother Felipe is back in Florida now. He was in North Dakota, helping set up the kitchen for the winter. He went back down back to Florida, so it'd be really great to hear from him and seeing what's happening there. Maybe uh, next uh, next uh, next Friday we can hear from a Felipe to get a report on the ground in Florida, in Florida, because he's in the central. He's near Gainesville, with and as we speak, it's coming right through. Oh man! Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is uh, uplifting to know that we've got people like Felipe, um, people like Lucid Lorax with a shining light kitchen uh, roaming around down Louisiana, helping people from, from who suffered from flood, and um, and and also you know companies like Organic Valley Family Farms who were so happy, we're just like thrilled to to uh, announce them as our as our newest sponsor of the common thread collective the organic valley family farms and they've been donating a lot of food to the shining light kitchen as well to each and every one if uh, if something is happening they're there 
Same their truck, which, by the way, on their, tr their truck, they've got a fleet of trucks. And on the side of their truck, it says what? Don't panic. Uh, just keep it organic. I wonder where they got that, Dave. I do, too. <laughs> but here we are. And now he's picked up on my latest, which we'll speak of. And George Seaman, by the way, the speaker of uh, Organic Valley, is going to be calling in on the 21st. He's out and about until then. And we're going to have a good conversation with he's He's the CAO. He's the guy out of who, whose uh, mind all this came. And now almost two, $2 billion co-op. It all came out of southwestern Wisconsin, Lafarge, Wisconsin, in the early 90s with some conversations we had. And the last lines I gave him, which he really took up on, he said, what? He said, and we said, I'll just leave it at that because I see our brother blood flowers out there. And we got uh, blood flowers out I'll leave us without because that's going to be, that's the line I'm leaving it with, which he picked up on is it's, it's a zigzag journey. A spiral dance, <laughs> a zigzag journey. I do have to do, yeah, like a spiral dance. That's right. And that's where up, and that's the up and downs of life. And so I want to give my apologies to everybody. Blah blah blah. And then we're soon we're going to be hearing from Patricia, the director of the play, uh, the play which uh, she's going to be calling, and we're going to hear all about that because I'm going to be leaving early, and going to the play is. The Resistible Rise of Arturo Uy. It's a Bertolt Brecht play By happening Brecht. at uh, City College of Ocean Campus at the Diego Rivera Theater at Judson and Phelan Avenues. And Dave is leaving early today because the show opens tonight, Friday, October 7th. Um, it's also going to be next Friday, also at 8 p.m. And then Saturday, uh, Saturday shows October 8th and then the 15th at 8 p.m. And then uh, both Sundays, this Sunday the 9th and next Sunday the 16th, a matinee at 2 p.m. And we'll be talking more about it, the devil they say is in the details. And uh, Patricia, the, the director, is going to be calling one at 3.30, and we'll, it's uh, to be continued. All right. Well, should we ask and see if Bloodflower is ready? Bloodflower. What happened to Ubi? Oh, well, he's asking what happened to Ubi. What happened to Ubi? I was wondering the same. Here be Ubi. Okay. <laughs> As it should be. All right. Everything's going to be all right. Ubi came through last Friday.
be and uh, nice take it away blood flower
That was that was that was nice, Bloodflower. Yeah, I liked what you did there. It was a change, huh? It was a change. <laughs> well, no, not that I, not that liking it was for a change, but you did change it up. You did change it up. It was kind of, kind of a little, little old timey sound to it. You've been pr you've been uh, you've been practicing. You've been rehearsing or practicing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bloodflower, awesome. Thank you. Good to have you around on a regular basis, a member of our collectivity, our open-ended collective. And each and any of you out there would like to be part and parcel of it, just come on through on 21st in Florida each and every Friday, 3 to 6. Come early, stay as long as you'd like. Well, hey, Val, we're waiting for Patricia's uh, call about the play. I, I, I was hoping yesterday, yesterday was the, uh, yeah, last night, was the grand uh, was the grand distribution beginning of the distribution of the of the uh, now legendary 21 years on the planet you can uh, now they're old enough to drink i'm talking <laughs> about the, i'm talking about the uh, i'm talking about the pissed off voters guide yeah the san francisco league of pissed off voters exactly and i uh, hope hopefully they'll come well, i'll be able to get them next week to come in We'll be distributing it at City College and beyond. And for 21 years, they were doing this. That's amazing. And it all began right here when this was Pirate Cat Radio, when just after the show I was doing, Common uh, Thread. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, who now works at City Hall at with, City with Hall. Supervisor Avalos until at least January, um, he used to be the host of the show here uh, called the League of Pissed Off Voters uh, when, it, when it was the Pirate Cat Radio Days. It was, and that was political. What's going on politically? It was, mm -hmm. uh, it was who shot who. It was uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. It was what do we do to keep our head above water. And out of that, well, that's the things out of one of the things out of it, which came the pissed off voters guide. Yeah, they're which, great. It's, uh, a, it's always an interesting slate card. It's worth uh, checking out, especially this this time around the November. What is it? This November eighth elections. I think it's November eighth. Um, we've got. In San Francisco alone, we've got A through X <laughs> of a number of prep propositions on the on the local San Francisco ballot. A through X, without skipping any letters in and between. It's a mixed bag. Some of them on the side of the people, affordable housing, uh, uh, city college free, support the arts and the mission. Uh, and uh, some of them said I've been... And some of us have been here. They've been coming through. We're going to continue to be coming through because uh, because it's getting really close, Val. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to uh, November 8th, that's for sure. I don't know, I sure know. how many Fridays, but let's make sure that we dedicate and devote to what's happening. Well, you have some of that in front of you, do you? I think we just have four, four more Fridays. Um, well, what I've got in front of me is um, the slate card. Uh, from the San Francisco Tenants Union, which is because Var Varma was in um, a few weeks ago. The director of it um, of the San Francisco Tenants Union was in here, and they have endorsements as well on their website sftu.org/endorsements. Um, yeah, we've got. I mean, it's crazy. So you said one of them. I mean, I, I haven't even. And, and I'm, I'm pretty good about it. I haven't even uh, made my way through the whole uh, list here. You're saying one of them is about making City College free? Which There's W. W. There's w listed here is called the Mansion Transfer Tax. Well, it is. It's going to be transferred. See, that makes it unclear. 
it's transferring money. Uh, people have uh, uh, a property more than $5 million, probably more than $5 million. Though there is going to be a point something added to their tax, to their, uh, to their tax roll, which will, uh, to their tax. And that money will, will be going from the, from, the, the, from the transfer tax to the general fund and from there to support the idea of a free city college. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at the, it's the League of Pissed Off Voters Guide um, online, which you can look at the league, sf.org, league spelled L-E-A-G-U-E, the league, sf.org. Um, so Prop W, you're talking about the luxury property transfer tax. And the P- league says, hell yes on this one. They said, now, now here's something to get excited about. The progressive block on the Board of Supervisors put this on the ballot to force downtown interests to contribute to the city as they make millions off of real estate. It amends the business and tax code to increase the real property transfer tax by either a half or a quarter percent, depending on the value of the building. Uh, The new maximum rate would be 3% on each property transfer. It also tidies up some administrative rules so that the money can go into the general fund. The San Franciscans are experiencing the most dramatic income inequality in, in the city's history. This gap means that despite low income, I'm sorry, low unemployment rates, uh, high paying jobs, a real estate boom, and an annual budget of over $9 billion, San Francisco's homeless population has grown, natives and long-term residents are being displaced by speculator evictions and ever-rising costs, and tech-fueled gentrification is pushing out our communities of color. This measure only affects properties valued at $5 million or more and would generate almost $27 million to fund crucial services. And the League of Pissed Off Voters say, hell yes, on Prop W. But actually, this is going to, to make City College free. And so this is being really, if you go to, uh, uh, this is uh, to make City College free, if you go to uh, Local 2121, AFT 2121, I'm sure it'll be right there. And that's Prop W, which is uh, directly to City College. It's going to the general fund, but then I believe it's uh, to go to City College, and that's not even mentioned there. So that's odd, but check that out. Uh, local 2121, uh, uh, local 2121. Uh, all right, that's good. I mean, we're putting it all together here. And that's the Tenants Union appreciates the, they say yes on W. Well, the League says yes there. on W. Local 2121 says yes on W. Um, yeah, put put more money in the city's general fund so that we can, you know, do the, do the act of uh, of of governance and uh, helping the people who are here in the in so, the city. So in twenty one twenty one, it doesn't say. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I am oh, not there, Dave. Because that's what that, that should say. Because that's what it's about. That's the pushing for it. Twenty one twenty one is particularly, uh, which is AFT uh, uh, local. That's the faculty at City College. That's particularly something we're about. We've been tabling, and we're going to have a voter registration campaign. And by the way, since we're speaking of it now, 20, uh, uh, October 24th is the last day to register to vote. So if you haven't registered, by all means, we're going to be tabling at City College in the Ram Plaza, registering to vote. Half the students, I believe, at City College are not uh, registered to vote. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like you said, the deadline to register to vote is October 24th. You can go to register registertovote.ca.gov, and uh, you can register online. 
And of course, Election Day is November 8th. It's always a Tuesday. Um, polls open at 7 a.m., close at 8 p.m. Um, you can go to your local polling place that's on your uh, voter guide that's sent to you in the mail, or you can always vote at City Hall, um, which you can do as early as uh, the 11th of October. I think we got a phone call, Dave. Okay, this is right on time. Is that right on time? Patricia, where are you? Call, call. Well, but anyway. Uh, yeah, well, I bet she's pretty busy. There, let's see if this well, her. Well, but she wanted to do this. She said, I'm looking forward to it. Mutiny Radio. Hi, Patricia. Hold on just a second. Let me bring you on. Hold on, bring you on live. All right. So Dave, Dave's getting some headphones on so he can hear the conversation. Uh, but we do have on the phone uh, the director of the play that's happening uh, opening night tonight at City College, the Diego Rivera Theater, uh, The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui. And we've got the director of the play on the phone, Patricia Miller. Hi, Patricia. Hi there. How are you? Very well. How are you today? It must be a big day for you. Um, it is, and I'm also being brutalized by Fleet Week, so if you hear a bunch of sh like stuff in the background, it's the U.S. Navy. As are we. We were just discussing, um, we were just talking about local propositions here in San Francisco, and I was just about to say, hey, if anything you get on the ballot, I'm, I, I'm saying next time, let's put something on the ballot that keeps the Blue Angels out of our airspace. Yes. It's very yep. traumatizing. It is. I remember being at Hardly Strictly years ago, and uh, they flew over ha Miss Hazel Dickens, who's you know from the South, and I sort of expected her to like, you know, pull some you know patriotic rant. She started waving her fist in the air and say, "George Bush, you like sent all our boys out to die, and you should be ashamed of yourself." And the whole crowd went crazy. <laughs> she was such an amazing person, you know, coal miner's daughter and all that. Coal miner herself, I think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think about, I mean, I, I don't like it cause it's loud and it's jarring. Um, but I, I think about all of our poor veterans who've come home, yep. uh, with PTSD and, yep. and, and not just our veterans, but then it also makes me think of all of these innocent people around the world who have been terrorized by, uh, U.S. drone warplanes, uh, like in mm -hmm. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Yemen, I mean, places that people didn't even know, couldn't even find on a map, uh, you know, there's been uh, just targeting of of people with. The, I mean, it's, I, I I just find it offensive personally. But anyhow, it's happening here too. So if we get flown over, it's just part of the ambiance. But uh, we're so happy you gave us a call today. Um, Hi, Dave. Here we be, as you see, and I've been putting, right. I've been planting some seeds. In fact, I just did the open round, ladies and gentlemen. We present today the great historical gangster play. The, the, to hear all about uh, forgery and blackmail, uh, uh, forgery and blackmail and lead and none of that, but forgery backward and more, how to, how to succeed in big business through murder. Excellent. That's the opening remarks and so on. And so we're talking about Brecht. We're talking okay. about a play. Now, this is a play I've been... Uh, I've been uh, lending a hand, uh, rehearsing, doing there. We've been there every day, a cast of many characters. How many people are in the play? There's 22 actors in the play playing about 80 parts. 
Wow, that's a that's so a complex. That we're really, the person we're really throwing our hat to is uh, our costumer, Tatiana Genzer, who's had to um, regender, transgender, and uh, age and unage all of these people into multiple people of many classes and many um, dispositions. That that is a large cast, um, and so I, 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 many scenes as well. So, so give people. We we know that it's going to be playing um, this weekend and next weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but as the as the director, uh, give a little synopsis of this play and uh, let people know um, what what the what is in store if they come and see it. Okay, so so the play was written. Uh, Bertolt Brecht is a well known left wing German intellectual playwright, poet, bon vivant, and bad boy. Most of us know him through Threepenny Opera or Caucasian Chalk Circle or Mother Courage. But he wrote this piece when he was on the run from the Nazis, and he landed in neutral Scandinavia. He wrote this in Mother Courage around 1941, both as warnings to the people of the world of these are the circumstances that can create the fertile rise of fascism. And so in a very interesting dramaturgical way, he's not just focusing this character on Adolf, the Adolf Hitler character, the deranged, narcissistic power-hungry creep um, that becomes the great dictator. He's very um, skillfully weaving in a, a, almost a pre-Marxist analysis of uh, the class circumstances and the economic and social circumstances that can lay the groundwork for fascism at, at any time. And uh, it, the play itself is, is a close uh, allegory of the rise of early Hitler and the Nazi party. He's not the only character in it, obviously. And it's set in 1930s Chicago, in uh, gangster times and Al Capone times. You might wonder why he would do such a thing, but of course he was, in, he was uh, on the run from the Nazis and his son was really into gangster films and like they had time on their hands. They watched a lot of uh, Cagney sort of movies. Never having been to the States, he wrote this piece in an American idiom, quite brilliantly, quite actually. Brilliantly. And uh, also hoping that it would be a sort of hit on Broadway and that he'd be received lovingly. But of course, it's a super lefty piece. <laughs> the American Broadway theater was not particularly interested in producing this in 1941. It was a little late for and that. So it eventually was not staged until the early 50s in Germany. And it's been a sort of obscure um, bookend, if you liked, in a lot of academic people's studies that get trotted out whenever there's Hitler, Hitler-like behavior or fascist um, social movements coming up. So, for instance, I've been hanging on to this play for 30 years. I first experienced it when I grew up in, in England, in Thatcher's Britain, and it was a popular play at the time of Mrs. Thatcher. And, and actually, right now, as we speak, it's being dusted off all over the world, in Australia and Canada and Ireland and here in our own city college. And the illusions will become apparent as when you come and see it, you could see. And I want to say, I want to jump in right now and say this is a multimedia production. Not only is it a kind of a theater in the round, it's a kind of a theater in the square, but there's going to be projections, there's going to be music of the time, there's going to be an ambiance to take you back then. I want to say this, that Bertrand Brecht wrote this in Finland in 41, where he was waiting, 
he had gotten out of Germany after the Reichstag fire, which does appear in the play as play as a warehouse fire, and uh, uh, and he was he made it to Finland and was waiting for a uh, visa, I guess, to the United States, where he could come. And it turned out he would and he came so to the United States and was soon was writing movies in Hollywood, the very kind of movies that the the play was kind of about, was kind of a uh, was kind of uh, was kind of about was kind of like a gangster play, which is he had in the in mind. And then he came to Hollywood and wrote some movies. Is that right? Yes and no. He actually was extremely unsuccessful when That's he did right. eventually come to the States, and he lived off of the kindness of other German emigres, such as his friend Kurt Weil, who wrote Threepenny Opera, and other um, in German film directors like Fritz Lang that had also gotten out, because it wasn't obviously only Jewish folks, uh, homosexuals, or... Um, disabled people or communists, it was also the intellectuals that were purged um, at the very beginning of, of the Nazi period. So a lot of intellectuals were over here in the States. And um, it gathered Jewish in Los Angeles? And otherwise, and uh, it created a very rich, actually it's a very rich and fertile period of time in American culture. We had a lot of our black and white movies from that period. That's right. And the gathering of, uh, as you said, the German uh, radical intelligentsia, writers, uh, writers, actors, artists, and also some uh, English intellectuals like Aldous Huxley, Christopher Isherwood, uh, uh, Hollywood, uh, Los Angeles, kind of a magnet. They supported each other. They helped each other with jobs. They lived with each other. They, it was a real community emerging. And uh, Bertrand Breck was very much part of it, as well were his uh, very uh, as his uh, group of uh, lady friends, women friends, girlfriends, and so on, who uh, some of whom uh, joined him there. So it's a very interesting and fertile time, and uh, here we are, much later, looking back. Yes, and it's it's a very it's a very mm, pressing play right now. Like I said, I've been holding on to it for thirty years, and. Um, been interested in doing it, you know, not pressing until till now, until I've seen the rise of Trump. And uh, it's been rather disturbing, actually, the, the parallels in terms of the uh, fake situation with Chicago gangsters, as well as the legitimate source, which was the Hitler rise. And now we're seeing um, some very direct parallels. And in fact, there's an analysis, analysis of the speeches um, where Hitler is really modeling Uwe's speeches on, on uh, I'm sorry, Brecht is modeling Uwe's speeches on Hitler, and it seems almost as though Trump is doing the same thing. There's been some parallel um, structuring, in the, at least in the early campaign, um, when he was whipping up his popularity. And, uh, and I was just listening to... Um your call today on KALW, um, usually it's Rose Aguilar, but she's in South, uh, North Dakota right now, so she had uh, someone else standing in for her, but they have the media roundtable, so they have journalists from around the country, and they discuss what's going on. And one of the things that one of the journalists who's done extensive research on Donald Trump mentioned um, is that at his kind of some of his early speeches where he was, uh, as you were talking about, kind of 
bringing up all of this racism and, and anti-immigrant uh, talk, you know, calling Mexicans rapists and, and drug dealers and horrible people coming into the country and all this stuff. Uh, and then people cheering. Um, the, the journalist, um, and you can listen to it, it's the York, Your Call on KLW um, from today, it's October 7th, um, was talking about how they actually had paid actors in the audience to support things that he was saying. Mm. And then, uh, Which is exactly what they accused uh, Hillary of. Right. I mean, it can, right? So, I mean, we see these practices, <laughs> these, well, these the disingenuous the is, practices. You know, Hitler, and in fact, Arturo Uy, this character, he he's very clever. He's, it's actually very darkly funny. If you like your, your comedy dark, this is as dark as it gets. It's pretty hilarious. The show's extremely entertaining because... Uh, as Dave himself said to me the other day, it's it's vaudeville with politics. <laughs> basically, what Brecht is, but you know he'll he'll have a bunch of people roughed up. He'll have a bunch of businesses um, destroyed and messed up, and then he'll come in the next day and go, "Oh my goodness, who did this? You uh, need me to protect you. We need law and order here." Oh, you know exactly yeah. what Trump is inciting people to violence, mm-hmm. and then turning around saying this country's lost its mind. We need a militarized police force underneath me. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, Trump, in each one of his Trump speeches, Trump on his Trump speeches has one line he uses each and every time, no matter what else he says. And that line is this. One nation, one flag, one God. One nation, one flag, one God. And if that doesn't sound to me like a translation from the German, there you be, as you see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, kind of what you were talking about. Um, I, I watched a little video of uh, someone was interviewing Cher. And Cher, Cher was, was, you know, they asked her about Donald Trump. And she, you know, she kind of said a few different things. And she's like, he's such a good liar. I mean, he deserves some sort of reward. You know, he says one thing uh, one time and he makes it sound like it's the truth. And then he says something completely different the next time. And it's the exact opposite. And he makes it sound like the truth. She's like, he's the best liar I've ever seen. <laughs> and also I want to mention the fact that when we're speaking about illusions, historical parallels. Not only do we see Trump and the extreme right, oh, let me mention this right now, and the, just as the bankers went and supported Hitler, not knowing what they'd done, that they'd be, uh, not knowing exactly what they'd be done, so they're supporting Trump. Uh, uh, I want to mention, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned the show today. Well, yesterday, I happen to be listening to this show that I do. I listen to uh, pretty much every. I wake up with it at seven o'clock every morning, online WBOR Boston, and it's uh, and, and they just happened yesterday. They they had this is uh, NPR talk show at its best, and yesterday the subject was you can find it right there online.org, was the rise of Hitler. And how it connects to uh, with what's happening now with two historians, one German and one not, really highly intelligent analysis of what the rise of Hitler was about. And you can find that at one uh, uh, onpoint.org, the rise of Hitler, yesterday's show. It's a whole hour that catches tight as, as close as it can to speaking just that. And one more thing I want to say is that, I mean, I'll say a few things, but what I want to say right now is not only are we seeing parallels right here, 
But at the same time, we've, we're seeing this rise throughout Europe of these ultra-right anti-immigrant parties that are rising up, so apparently, supposedly from nowhere, just like Hitler did, getting 2 or 3%, and then suddenly getting 20% and being in whatever their parliaments and stuff throughout Europe. And that's another parallel, which is also discussed on that show I'm talking about, onpoint.org, The Rise of Hitler. And so the parallels are amazing, and, and people can come to their own conclusions, their own contusions, and there it be. And we, I definitely recommend it. Uh, come on, folks. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great reference. And it's something I'd like to share with the students, because the, the folks that are in this show are everything from 17 to 79, Eight. in Dave's case, Nine, 78, 78, 79. And, uh, you know, they're coming from a, a great uh, a great richness and diverse uh, diversity of City College culture. City College is an amazing organization, and I hope that everyone that's listening will vote for the uh, free City College proposition that's coming onto the bill in November. Because not only does it, it, you know, it's it's number 17 in the country for adult education or adult continuation learning, but of course it's also the route in for people from way across the Bay to um, change their lives, whether to go into a trade or... um, change direction or, or, or get the GED they never got. So, you know, we, we have folks that do many, many different types of jobs and different uh, entry points in the show, and I'm really, really proud of them doing an incredible job. They're, I would say more than 50% of the folks have never done a show before, but you're not going to know that. You're not going to uh, be able to tell because they're doing a tremendous job. There's also a few f- folks that are regulars at City College such as Ted Spiros, uh, Brittany Kamershen, and um, Raphael Muzni, who have done leads, and they're, I call them grown-ups with jobs. <laughs> and they've, uh, they've done quite a few shows at City College, and they're sort of um, they're great standard bearers for the standard of, of, of good performances that happen at the Diego Rivera Theater regularly for so many years. So, Patricia, how long have you been uh, part of the City College the- Theater program? I've only been teaching there for a year. I mean, I've, I've, 30 years I've been directing, teaching and directing here and in England, a little bit in Eastern Europe as well. And um, I, when I came here to San Francisco from London in the 90s, I was burned out on theater. I was tired of theater. I went and trained in the film program with Caroline Blair, who's still there, who's an incredible teacher, and uh, started a second career and was always... Fell in, sort of fell in love with the whole community there. So it's been a 20-year goal to be a teacher there. And uh, I've only been there for a year, and I'm just, uh, I teach improvisation and acting. And David Parr, the new uh, head of the department, gave me the opportunity to direct this and get that full support, um, incredible design support from, as I said, Tatiana Genzer and Patrick Toby, Jeffrey Kelly, George George. These are people's names you would know if you're regulars out there because they're a great design team. And I'm, it's just really a, it's a dream come true to do this and kind of see bucket ground. list play and, and have some of my brand-new students participate in their first show. And kind of the seed ground, the greenhouse of the, of, the, of the show is, in fact, those classes you, you just mentioned of acting and uh, extemporaneous uh, that, you, that you are teaching and people have an opportunity, opportunity to take right there at City College. In fact, uh, spring, uh, spring semester, you'll be doing it again. Am I right? Absolutely. And 
as will my colleagues uh, Deborah Shaw and John Wilk um, are also teaching those um, classes. So there's night classes, there's day classes, and uh, we're we're holding forth. Holding forth the holy <laughs> you know, more together. As you know, there's been an atmosphere of cuts. So oh my um, and the arts have been cut at a, a greater rate than the than the science programs have. Uh, music and foreign languages and theater arts have received really savage cuts. Um, but hopefully, there, I think there's some new administrators there that have um, got their eye on the prize, and they know how important it is what we're doing and what has been happening there over the years. Because up to now, if you couldn't get 20, first it was uh, uh, 10 students, and so now it's 20 students in your class. Well, I'm sorry, oh, I sister. Like 30 students in my class. Yeah, but I, I don't mean you particularly. I mean a teacher needs to get 20 students in their class, or their classes are, are canceled. So these are many many adjunct faculty who have a class who would have to promote it themselves, and they don't get the 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 the, the 20 or so. The 20, I believe it's 20. If they don't get their 20, the class is yep. canceled. And many times that's, that's the very classes we're talking about. Classes are not, not going to lead to a job, not going to lead to a particular degree, but a class about lifelong learning, classes about uh, classes about uh, extending your uh, your faculties, your interest in the arts, your idea of community, your, your embrace of the world uh, are classes which in many cases are most in danger. Well, and actually, because folks come from a diversity of nursing programs, ex, ex-veterans going back into the workplace, accountants, folks in the culinary program, as well as the folks that would like to, to, to f- pursue a, a career in the arts, they're all together in the same classroom, and they, they bring different life skills really to the good. room, and they share their life skills, and they create a cr- tremendous ensemble in the course of the 18 weeks or the 12 weeks or in the summer, the six weeks. And uh, at the end of it, they become really good friends with each other, and they've learned something about self-expression and holding their ground and saying their name and being able to um, look anyone in the eye. And uh, there's an incredible growth point for, for many, many people. Beautiful. And uh, that's what makes it such a pleasure. I, I mean, I work with professional actors as well in other places. I also teach directing at Berkeley Rep. So I'm used to, like, every different uh, level and way in and portal in to work, whether it's youth or adults. But I do love this population at City College. And that's why I say strangers becoming friends, friends becoming family, family becoming community and community on the move. The movement, is that's the movement, that's the movement we're about that's going to be opening tonight, uh, tonight uh, there at the De Rivera. And also I say is, uh, what I say is, is doing more together than any of us can do on our own. And I definitely have been feeling that coming every night, and I know you have too, coming every night uh, as we've been coming together and strangers becoming friends uh, right there. They're right there in the stage of the Dago Rivera. Mm-hmm. And one more thing I want to say, too, well, probably couple, but this is what I want to say next, is describe a bit. This is a, uh, a multimedia performance. It, it utilizes projection, projection. It utilizes music. It, uh, it utilizes, takes down the fourth wall uh, to a degree in that we have this theater in the round, in this case, the theater in the square, and all of this coming together, and you've done such an amazing job doing this. Uh, talk a bit about that, will you? Well, um, we, I don't want to give too much away, but we are, uh, we are uh, using the space in an unusual way, so we're already um, upsetting people's expectations, if you like, 
in terms of the way the space is, space is being used and in terms of the, the elements we're using, some of the architectural elements of the room itself, nothing is uh, masked. Everything is revealed, which is, of course, very true to Brecht. It's, very, it's a very raw, open theater space. You're sitting right there inside of the mechanism of it, as opposed to sitting in a sort of fourth wall situation where you're excluded. You were very much part of the action. Um, not an embarrassing, you know, stand-up comedian sort of way, uh, but you're definitely in the action, and the action is around you and within you, and um, and wonderful uh, projections from Patrick Toby um, that really are quite spectacular in terms of their historical accuracy and research, and also their um, expressivity. So if you're a fan of photography, it's worth seeing, and of course, if you're a fan of Diego Rivera, the mural is right there in the lobby, that magnificent giant mural. We're having a mural talk tonight at 7 o'clock. And uh, we're sort of featuring the mural because there's a, a panel there that is focused on the great dictator, which is Charlie Chaplin's take on the rise of Hitler. It was very, very similar in some ways to Brecht's feeling about him, about him being an absurd clown that uh, no one believed could, could ever get elected. I think we've heard that before. <laughs> so, um, and tomorrow night, Ryan Smith uh, is going to do the curtain raiser with a historical background and talk about fascism as it is today um, at 7 o'clock. And each night, we're going to try to have someone there for the uh, pre-show, pre if you like, a pre-show show. Well, that, that sounds like uh, a real fun interactive uh way to uh to really get into the head of this play um and i see that uh you can get tickets and make reservations and such if you go to resistible.brownpapertickets.com um but uh are there also tickets available at the at the at the door there are tickets available at the door and there i think it's very cheap i think it's between 10 and 15 dollars so it's it's cheaper than an imax without the coke um People say, I can't afford the theater. It's like, well, hmm, the Kabuki Sundance is pretty pretty expensive when you go see a movie. So we're about the price of a movie, and um, there's always lots of parking in that area, and the mural is, of course, worth seeing. And if you hate the play, you'll love the mural. Um, it's, there's also accessible seating. And tomorrow, Saturday, we're going to have a, 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 a signed performance for uh, the hard of hearing. So anyone who's... Uh, um, hard of hearing. We've got a signer gonna come out and interpret the work for us. So we're doing as much as we can to get the community to come out and uh, check us out. Eight o'clock on Friday and Saturday, two o'clock on Sunday, this weekend and next weekend. Beautiful. Hey, Patricia, we've been joined. Introduce yourself, brother. It's uh, Rusty, Patricia. Hello. I not. I think the beers could be on the 15th, you know, that's the, the list has enough of us on it to do it. So we'll make a confirmation on Monday. So October 15th, you can also, as part of the show, catch out, catch some uh, acapella Leonard Cohen music. The conspiracy. That would be wonderful. We've been trying to persuade the conspiracy of beards who are all male acapella harmonic group that only sing Leonard Cohen, which is, of course, tie-in to Brecht as a poet. And with, I think Leonard Cohen and Brecht probably would have gotten on pretty well. I, I'm <laughs> sure Brecht is an influence on uh, 
and, and Mr. So, Cohen's work. We say Ed City in the city, on the planet, in the street. Hey, Rusty, you and I have known each other bouncing around the mission for quite some time, but this is the first time that we've uh, shared a, a stage, a stage, uh, shared a shared a production. Well, we've shared a few street corners That's and Viracocha and some other long lost near dear clubs in the your. But yes, it's a great honor to be appearing with you, Diamond Dave. Likewise, wise like. And uh, it's a really um, intense theatrical experience is about all I can say. You know, everybody's working really hard and it's slam bam action. Multicultural, multi multimedia, uh, multiracial and multi everything, multi coming together. How many scenes are like twenty? How many scenes are there? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen scenes with many many characters. A, a cast of twenty. Okay, a cast of twenty, uh, dressed up as everyone uh, back in the thirties. Beautiful, 30s. beautiful costumes, exquisite lighting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing, and yeah, it's I'm I'm really thrilled to get to do it. And now we are to be on uh, here on uh, on Mutiny Radio, letting the world know what the heck, brother, in the heart of the Please, mission. Please, yes, and and like a, like Patricia just said, it's tonight, tomorrow night, Sunday matinee, and then we'll repeat it next weekend. And it's uh, the Diego Rivera mural that's in the lobby is just in a sight to behold. It's an amazing thing, and it was painted about the same time that the play was written, so there's a clear tie-in there. And the connection between Diego, uh, who, who, I mean, whose house uh, Trotsky was murdered yeah, with well, an ice axe, <laughs> and Stalin, and Stalin and Brecht is amazing. I'll just leave it at that. But here we are, many years down the line, casting a wide net and finding the common thread and getting on the same page. Hey, Rusty, do you happen to remember any of your lines that you could that you could get? I, I opened up with, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we bring you the the, uh, the great historical gangster pry pry. Do you have something you could leave us with? Sure. What is it you're selling? Cauliflower. Why, it's every bit as good as bread or meat. Man does not live by bread or meat alone. He needs his vegetables, too. Why, sell a steak without a potato, you'll offend the palate of the guest. So it's... it's um, that's, that's wonderful. So basically what you're hearing is a, a sort of parody of, you know, the, the cheerful businessman who's ignoring... The Great Depression, and uh, very much in his own reality. And of course, that character that Rusty's playing is based on von Hindenburg, the president of Germany. Oh, so um, it makes a, there's an extra level of irony. Dave, um, should I give them the last lines of the epilogue? Yeah, please do. That would be so wonderful. Hey, Patricia, so good to be talking to you. So good we've, we've managed to come together and put it out around the planet. Why don't you do that? Hmm. I'm, I have the first line and the last line, which you're about to hear. This is to, this is the epilogue, which is recorded. So the world, um, the world stood up and stopped the bastard. But don't rejoice because the bitch that bore him is in heat again. The bitch that bore him is in heat again. That's my last line. As the ladies and gentlemen, bring you the gangster prey. And the last line, the epilogue is the bitch that bore him is in heat again. How's that, well, Patricia? What, what, what comes around goes around. That's a fact. Well, thank you, gents. I'm going to jump off so you guys can say goodbye, and I hope to meet your listeners at the Diego Rivera Theater um, tonight, tomorrow. 
Sunday or next week. Hell yeah. Thank you, Patricia Miller. And I'll see you there. Thank you so much, you guys. I'll speak to you later. All right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Good stuff. Rusty Rebar, I had no idea that you were part of this production. I had no idea I would be either, but it's through the beards. Um, Patricia has a connection to the maestro. Uh, They share a daughter. Okay. (laughs) So that's how you... She called up Daryl looking for a for a replacement piece and um he he recommended me and it's it's been it's been a really uh you know i have a lot of my own poetry by heart right learning somebody else's has been it's challenging it's It's very challenging theaters and then also moving around and and having conversations with actors on stage in time it's 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 a daunting thing but we got through our um preview last night pretty well it was it was great to see how well we've come together and i'm sure tonight it will be together and it's going to be worth seeing on that on that note though dave i have i have a poem on point called uh, withering away which starts well, out let's hear a poem of yours rusty as you speak do what you'd like to do feel free take with, it away rusty withering away according to vladimir Ilyich ulanov better known by his last and most famous pen name, Lenin, Marx says that we will not need it, that the state will dissolve, I guess, like bones in outer space, once freed from the pull of private property. Ah, but what strange blobs would we be softly touching in that green sea of peace without debt to lead us? Whose heir could we steal? and whose children remain. Well, we'll see. Well, that brings up a lot of thoughts, a lot of, conv- a lot of uh, conversation about just that. And uh, the Marx-Lenin, uh, in fact, we have a one side speaker of Diego Rivera. You have Stalin holding up the bloody ice axe. And on the other, you have Bertrand Brecht. And what is withered away? And the only thing withering I, I see is when I look in the mirror. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh you're holding up pretty well there, but you got a, you got you got a few quivers left. Learn to love, love to learn. This never ends. A few it's, arrows left in your quiver, as well as some quivers as well. I and got. my dialectic nice. is my dialectic is it's a, a zigzag journey, it's a spiral dance. But hey, why don't you take it away? I want to bring Richard. Thank you, Val, very much. Hey, it's great to see you, Rusty. Are you uh, are you uh, any part of? I realize this week is also Litquake. Any any? You would think, but no. I mean, you know, I'm so busy with this play, whatnot. You yeah, know, I've had to turn down a lot of you know big time offers to do this. I believe. It, I no. believe that. <laughs> I just didn't know if you had any. Uh, I mean, I you know lit, the, the choirs had a song so in Litquake a couple of times. Yeah, you, but, the, but no, we're not. The we're, beards we're, were in we're, we're, we're musicians, you know. We want to get paid, and they have were that rule about. You know. hey, Val, <laughs> Isn't that? Val, well, then that's Val, kind. Val, yes. Were you here when, the, when a, good, a good element of the choir came here? And we just, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. We, we I place. don't believe I was here for that. Well, Mike, there is one. Well, Mike, it could be without you but you're always invited <laughs> you guys can always Thank come you. back thanks for the credit uh, hey what uh, what i want to do about litquake is uh, tell me one of the events which i really wanted to go with i don't know what's going to interfere with our place production and so on is the bookstores of 24th street are having a united event with a lot of good readers over there at the boom boom room uh, not at the boom boom room but the, the one on 22nd street across from the revolution cafe the bookstores, the United Bookstores at 24th Street, part of Lake, Lake Point. 
Oh, cool. We'll find it. Yeah, and of course it, it culminates in Lit Crawl next Saturday evening. Three um, installments, three parts, starting I think at 6 p.m. So it goes 6 to 7, and then 7.30 to so 8.30, and then 9 to 10, uh, uh, all throughout the Mission District here. So that's not uh, that's not tomorrow Saturday, but a week from Saturday. A week uh, from Saturday. So okay. Lit Quake is just kicking off this weekend. So we'll have a some week time of literary uh, celebrations. So we'll have some time next Friday, a week from today to uh, do a little presentation and let people know what's going to happen at Litquake on the next day. Is that right? I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. I suppose means maybe. Why Why not? It could be. Or it means uh, why not? We know anything's possible. This is the Common Thread Collective you're listening to on Mutiny Radio FM here in San Francisco. We're doing this live. It's October 7th. Uh, come on down and join us. We've got another hour and a half left of the show. So uh, come on down, play some music, read some poetry, talk about the propositions or any kind of uh, local activism or whatever you want to do. I, I, I came up with a new term, Dave. I think you might like it. Since we since we welcome all travelers too they here at the common thread collective there's a lot of vagabonding going on vagabonding oh my goodness vagabonding vagabonding <laughs> vagabonds bonding <laughs> there with, uh, with his guitar in his hand who do i see who could that be joey oh it's joey, joey stewart's yeah. here danny the machine came in R- yeah. Rusty Rebar was a surprise guest. Oh, so beautiful. I mentioned it, but I forgot I mentioned it. Planted the seeds at rehearsal yesterday. Yeah. And here he be. And so Joey's going to come up, but why don't you put some music on? Yeah, we'll throw on some to music. Get ready to be going uh, to be taking off for the show itself. All right. Well, it's only 4.09.
You are listening to the Common Thread Collective here, mutinyradio.fm, San Francisco, worldwide, streaming around the planet on the internet, and we hope that somewhere out there, this is touching your ear, ears and uh, and uh, getting into sinking into your skin. And I think we've got our friend, uh, a blues man out there, Joey Stewart, who's going to be playing a little bit. Let's check it out. Let's do a little sound check, Joey. Yeah, that was just a little little uh, preview of what's to come here with uh, Joey Stewart and Danny the Machine. Take it away, fellas. Thank you. We're in B flat. B flat? Yeah. Well, it could be any other key. <laughs> yes, indeed. But B flat is a nice key. Little thing called Stand in the Rain. Thank you. 
say love's a gamble, baby. You know that ain't no lie. Baby, that ain't no lie. They say love's a gamble, baby.
everybody crazy about it. Guys, gonna play another one for us? Yeah, you guys. Jazz? Give us another one. Give you my heart and my 
My brother Joseph. Hey, we got some really good poetry. 
cat here. Better and better that you'd be the dynamic duo. Tom and E. Jones Memorial Blues Band. Each and every week here you come through getting better and better and better. Is that Val? Oh, yeah. It's great to have you fellas here. I appreciate your musicality. And that musical interlude between the talk, talk, talk sessions. Here you be. And speaking of, speak of the spoken word, here be my fellow Richard. Richard, welcome, brother. Well, uh, welcome back, everybody. It's it's live. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm not going to keep anybody in suspense here. There's something I really, really feel I have to bring up to people's attention. It's not that you didn't know it. Sometimes uh, we forget it uh, because we don't know what to do about it. <clears throat> but things are coming to a real bad state. And I'm talking about the Pacific Ocean that has now been filled up with radiation. The whole of the Pacific is now radiated. Oh, just like that. And, and uh, the, off our beaches, it's 500% of what it should be. In 2013, fish up in uh, Canada were bleeding from the eyes and from the nose. In Oregon, the starfish are disintegrating when the, when the radiation shows up. Now, uh, I come from the 70s when the nuclear safeguard issue was there, and I was fortunate enough to know Dr. John Goffman, and he, had, he was a PhD, he had everything behind him, and he always tried to stress to people, he said, look, when somebody tells you that uh, radiation is within a safe range, he says, that's a lie. There is no such thing as a safe dose of radiation. If it goes up, a certain more people will die. Um, what's happening in Fukushima? is there's 300,000 tons every day being released into the ocean, still five years later. And that's because it's still melting down. It's still too hot. Now, I got a lot of this information, and I know uh, I've been watching this ever since it happened, because I knew you know, radiation would eventually come this way, because it's one planet with many systems. And uh, so... Uh, Peak oil is the one who is putting out some of this stuff. Now, some people say they may be uh, uh, biased because they they are for all alternatives, and maybe they're trying to, you know, sabotage. Mm -hmm. I don't really think so. There's other studies that are out there that want more studies to be done because in some ways they're saying it's inconclusive but looks dangerous. So put somewhere in between. Let's just split it in half. Well, it's still not good. Right. And it continues to do this. It's not going to stop in the Pacific. It's going to start going into the Indian Oceans and going to start. It's going to go around the Earth. And it, you know, are we going to still eat our fish from the Pacific Ocean? Are, are the Indian people still going to be able to eat the seaweed? Uh, all the things that are tied to the ocean. You know, and I and we don't hear about it. And I think one of the reasons we don't hear about it is guess who owns TPKO. Who's that? General Electric. General Electric. And what does General Electric own? Media. Because there has to be a reason why this is not being talked about. This is the biggest accident ever to occur. Uh, 
Now, I'm hearing stuff about what happened in Carlsbad, which I'm going to look a little further into, that they had a major meltdown when one of their uh, barrels down there exploded. And how many people have heard about that one? So, I mean, these things are going on. And <clears throat> the answer to the problem, I don't know. It's, again, what I always say to everybody. You better start talking to your neighbor. You better start talking to somebody who's on the other side and say, hey, you know, this will kill you just like it's going to kill me. That's so right. maybe we ought to put our shit and our differences together and figure out what we can do about this. Yeah. Because I, this, is, this is no joke. This is going to kill people. It's in our fog. It's in our rain, which just means it's going to be in our food. It's one system with many parts. One struggle, many fronts. That's the same deal. The earth has that. It was the one that probably taught us that. <laughs> it's certainly one of the roles here of the Common Thread Collective. As you know, Richard, is not only to entertain and entertain, but also to pass out this information. Thanks for coming with us, Richard. To educate. To, to, to educate as well and put it out there. And hopefully we're around the planet planting the seeds where people can stand up, look at one another and say, enough already. Yes, I mean, because of what's going on in Standing Rock and all that, all this stuff is tied together. And that's what we need to start talking about is that solidarity, what I keep talking about. These struggles are all tied. The, you know, I don't have to say it, but the people who are screwing you and screwing you and screwing you and screwing me are the same people. That's why my show back yes, in the 70s... concentrated it, power. It's called One Struggle, Many Fronts. And, and you, as we go on, One Struggle, Many Friends. Uh, let's continue. Hey, take and, it away And spe speaking of, um, you know, kind of becoming more educated about uh, nuclear power, um, Harry Shearer, who does his, his show, his oh, ra yeah. weekly radio show called Le Show. Love it. Um, it's, a great, it's a great show, and he has kind of recurring um, segments that he does, and one of them is uh, the, the Atom. And he's got, of course, he's a comedian as well, so he has, uh, he, he reports on, you know, meltdowns and, and, and controversies around nuclear power plants, but then he has the, 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 the Adam, this is his little voice, it's like this little, little guy in the room uh, with him who kind of plays a little bit of devil's advocate, but also kind of jumps onto his side sometimes. Um, so I, I highly recommend listening to Harry Shearer, um, and he's on KALW on Sundays, I believe at 11 a.m., possibly 12 um, on KLW uh, here in the city, 91.7 FM. Um, but you can find them online at the, the, the show, the, the Harry Shearer. Um, it's, he, does a, he, he does a regular segment. I, I try to miss, News of the Atom. I try to not to miss them. Which is a copyrighted feature week. of his show. That's how I begin my week as Harry Shearer. On the media, uh, Harry Shearer, uh, the show. I like how you be begin your week on a Sunday. I do. Come to think of it, <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, even though I'm a Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Yeah. But in uh, the true, of, in media sense, I begin my week listening online, of course, because I'm an NPR noodle. And Harry sure is a good start, and they both makes you cry and laugh at the same time. And you know, I met yeah, that, yeah. I met Harry Shearer. Yeah, me too. When, when we met here. him when he was here. Um, KLW. Yeah, he was here for the listener appreciation celebration for KLW uh, maybe within the past year. Yeah, it was over here at the Mission Campus. Yeah, it was uh, during the last. Uh, it was done during the mayoral election season. Yeah, whatever it was that so was. good to say, hey, Mary Shearer, is that you? Is that you? And remember, we had a good time for sure. Right yeah, there, we right? told.
told him about sense. we told him about our show. We gave him a flyer. Um, he he and his wife usually uh, roll through town around Christmas time. Um, they do charity fundraisers. Um, so they, they, it's a it's it's a lot of fun. And like you said, Dave, it makes you laugh and cry at the same time. And Harry Shear, of course. If you want a little background, you know I like to do that. I first heard of Harry Shear. A long, 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 long time ago, when he was the, one of the stars of, and the writer of that legendary film called *Spinal Tap*. Yeah. Harold Shearer, way back then, before yeah. this young fellow, filthy Phil, right. before he was born. <laughs> you ever heard of *Spinal Tap*? It's a real movie about this, this uh, mythical, legendary. It's a mockumentary uh, about a, about a rock band. Yeah, a rock about a big hair rock Spinal band. Tap. It's really funny. Uh, and that's Harry Shearer. And he hey, was, you guys, he, check him out. Yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live too, and he's been—he's like the voice of so many voices on *The Simpsons*. Um, anyhow, we're with, we're talking to Richard. Sorry, well, you got us on it. You well, got let's uh, let's do the uh, the writing stuff, and then we can get on to Filthy Phil. Uh, hey, Richard, go ahead, brother. I, it's so I'm good curious. to see you. We're so uh, happy to be right back here in, with Val right here, and here we continue. Well, oh, the one the one I'm reading is uh, one I I uh, uh, did last year. I wrote it. It's called, and it's a reprise because uh, of the honor of this weekend. It's called Coyote and the Blue Angels. Mm-hmm. Coyote heard the Blue Angels were coming to San Francisco. Since Coyote is new to town, arriving from Jalisco, he's unaware of the kind of angels these are. Mm-hmm. He found out when he saw Ed, Ed Lee and Jet of Mutt and Jeff. You know Mutt as Newsome, same as the old scum. <laughs> Ed is a happy as a pig in shit about all the money that's going to be made off the Empire's war machines, as all mares have. Usons really do love these war machine toys. They secretly love our war makers, especially when they can dazzle the Empire with these killing machines. People come from everywhere. Coyote is trying to make sense, always fatal to Coyote's sanity. There seems to be a disconnect as to the tragedies of death and destruction these machines cause. It's as simple as a video game, or maybe not. Maybe they do get off on it. There is evidence of this. Coyote decides to dress as a sailor. Coyote heard women once again love men in uniforms. (laughs) Coyote never understood the two-legged pension for killing each other. He would watch as young lovers walking in crowds, loving, but knowing in a heartbeat they could kill one another. There is glee and pride as they cheer when the ships pass under Golden Gate. The days of the big event are here. Crowds amass and deep in good old oos and pride. People are dancing in the street. But Coyote didn't think this is the kind dancing in the street and Martha and the Vandellas were talking about. Mm-hmm. Two-legged got it wrong again. Meanwhile, Calling Kring Snake thought he'd come out to the day and see what's happening. He throws on his day robe. He hasn't had a day outing for a while. Coyote spots the king. He asks to borrow a guitar from a local street musician. Coyote knows the king loves the blues, so the blues the king shall have. Playing the blues, uh, the blues king rep- rep- reciprocates in dance and always gives Coyote great pleasure. It is infectious when they, he sees the great joy the king radiates. People throw spare change at Coyote's shoes. Recruiters are hawking their wares. No offense to the hawk. Crawling king snake and coyote is always good at spotting charlatans. And plenty of charlatans can be had. 
Come down, one and all, to the great star starring the Blue Angels. Suddenly, flying low, these angels shake the earth as they accelerate above Coyote and the king. They both know these are no angels, and this is no place for sane beings to be. Thankful they aren't the two-legged, they slowly make their way from the messes of the masses to the edge and to escape to where they can both play romp, slither, roll, and dance away from the eyes of the two-legged like they are dancing in the street. Wow, is it? Yeah, Richard. Richard. That was a good one. <laughs> Here comes Dave off the bench. Off the bench. I'm just well. saying, just what I say, Richard, once again, it's so good to hear you. You got something else your mouth yeah, is open? Yeah, I got open. two shorter ones. You got your mouth open? I know something is yeah. going to emerge. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I sit watching Valencia. Okay. I sit watching Valencia. She's barely recognizable now. Broken up, relocated. Her grit, working class flavor, activist, home of the hoop, were only their ghost roam, replaced by a new class of people. I sit watching Valencia. Your funkiness replaced with slickness sickness. There is no mariachis, no more altars, no more funky coffee houses, no longer modern times bookstore on this street, no longer, longer. I sit watching Valencia where businesses change and change, with each rising rent rises like a drunken building, sinking, leaning, waiting for the fall. I miss you, Valencia. Oh, boy, do we? So much good times I had there. My, my, my sister, my lover from the 90s, from the 70s, Valencia, Maritza de Meglio, she had her place there, right there in the 984 Valencia, when Valencia was a woman's street. Yeah. Before it was a woman's street, it was a punk rock street. The offensive was there, the tool and die, and way down Valencia 16th Street was the Deaf Club, which was a punk rock uh, joint. It was a Deaf Club. But they love punk rock there because they can feel the music. Yeah. And that was really the beginning. I'm talking about the end of the 70s and the beginning of the 80s. And Porto Alegro uh, and La Cumbre oh, and all those great places. And, and now to walk down Valencia, then turn right on 16th and walk yeah. down Mission is like two worlds. And here we be, as you see. Well, hey, Richard, you have one, one more, more One more place that I want to uh, lay praise upon. And, uh, oh, do that. This is uh, in Chinatown. <clears throat> the Great Eastern Bakery. There is a great, great bakery in Chinatown. Moon cakes. Moon cakes. Cakes for the mid-autumn celebration. The couple behind the counter, second generation heirs, kind and gentle, though their work is hard, tiring. I don't believe they'd be anywhere else. Moon cakes. Made for 92 years. Moon cakes are made for the sharing. Cut in four, a tradition that goes back to 420. How about that? Political mooncakes used to pass messages when a false rumor is spread that the only cure is to eat mooncakes that would instantly revive and give special powers to the user. This enables the Ming revolutionaries to overthrow the Mongols by passing messages of the date of the uprising by the Han Chinese. Round like the moon, marked in Chinese characters on top of longevity or harmony. Celebrate our lunar mother before she's raped by the two-legged for profit. Come visit the owners. They are aging and the young show no interest. Give them your love. 
But please try the lotus, red, black bean, melon seeds, and nut paste, and more. Mooncakes for love, peace, revolutionary, is the power of the moon and mooncakes. Celebrate the Eastern Bakery. They are family. They are family. We be family, Richard. Yes. Very so nice, good to be Richard. Here. It's so good that well, we thank can provide you. this uh, space. It's nice to be had. To be flowing, <laughs> flowing, and creating, and so good to have you here. And now I believe we hey. have uh, filthy Phil, the young fellow. Yeah. The young fellow. Welcome. He's gonna plug in. Are you already are? Uh, yeah. And uh, he's where gonna does this come, the music come out from actually? Oh, oh. It, actually, you've got oh, some uh, headphones. It'll come, it could come out of the speakers, but if if there's a pair of headphones there. Perhaps there is. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, then you'll be able to hear it and and um, and everything, and I'll just mix the sound over here. Because that's what we like. We like to see people coming once, but even more people keep coming back and see this as a place where they can find their creation, where they can play, express themselves, and do more together than any of us can do on our own. Is that right, Val? Yeah. And you know it is. And uh, I think uh, I I saw you at Sacred Grounds not yeah, that long right. ago. Right on. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Can I just uh, do a quick plug before I start? Please do. Uh, free speech, brother. Cool. Yeah. So this, uh, I'm just gonna do a little freestyle today. Okay, everything is alright, just another great day As I lay awake, try to find my way This cold, cold world, everything's on stone Stone I hurl, I just find my cut, maybe fill it up, fill up is here, feel the feel day here, him come through the headphones while you're alone in your room bumping something cause you're grown up trying to find a way to revolve and I guess um bury me bury me all these words, they just bury me hurt Maybe I be absurd, but I don't know what this is A revolution at least, the world is suffocating While I'm contemplating, how can I be more crazy Less of a 
ordinary fella. I'm just wasting away every day as I lay away. As I lay away. Please come to me and we'll see the way that the prophecy intertwine while I write some poems in the Civic that I sit in and ride around cities trying to make to open mics so they could see me. It's all about me, isn't it? All the world's trying to find a way to not show, get out of it. Please, just for a minute. I'm sitting here whimpering, whining, all these things crying. I can't even help myself, man, we all slowly dying. So just get up and do something about it. Don't sit, never doubt yourself or whatever it is. Chase your ambitions. Yeah. Right on, Filthy Phil. Yeah. Chase your ambitions. That was, so filthy. that was not filthy. No. <laughs> it's a slow day. Okay. Can I? Uh, I don't know. Is there another way I could turn that up a little bit? Um, you could turn it up a little bit. We just can't um, turn can it up, up too much. I can get you some different headphones that, awesome. that could yeah. probably uh, work a little better. So I'm gonna throw a little. I'm just gonna put a little music on for a second. And we'll get you set up. And uh, I've been playing the Chemical Brothers all day, uh, push the button, so this is, this is still them going. listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm and uh, I'm having trouble hearing myself now. Um, maybe because I plugged you in. That's so strange. Hey, if you want to donate to Mutiny Radio and help us uh, get to some uh, better equipment, <laughs> feel free. Uh, you can donate to us through our, sp- our 501c three sponsor called media alliance they're here in san francisco and if you want to donate to us through them it is a tax deductible write-off so i'm going to try to fix my micro my uh, headphones now so hold on just a second hold that thought filthy phil Like it. You listen to the Common Thread Collective here, MutinyRadio.fm, and uh, we still got Filthy Phil right here, and uh, I can turn it up whenever you're ready to go. All right, thank you. Uh, all right, one more uh, little little freestyle jam. Um, 
if I can just open my phone real quick. Sorry about that. Hey, this is fine. It's this is a live radio. We're not beholden to anybody here, so. Uh, uh, I'm good to go. All right, take it away. Try to turn up, never turn down, everything ridiculous. I don't know myself anymore, these flows, they just keep seeping out me. Whoa, did you want a minute? Got many those, then I waste my days, I just get in throat. Yeah, you know I need it, everybody wanna meet Anita. Meet her up, then I beat it. Like a beat, did I want to? No, did you know who Philium was till it came out for you? Yeah, you know I, yeah, you know I. Knowing very little, but the marijuana Every day I wanna get a little more Maybe I could crush it up a little Kid, I was still buying little sacks Dismembering it, I was loving that Everything was good, crooked cops walking up Talking to me, saying Why you slack, go back to school You a fool, take me back to Timbuktu And you knew how I do do All that do do, that bullshit That speak that you know of I don't wanna hear none of it they just keep pushing knowledge on me But all the knowledge is false and they gonna go see That I truly can acquire it myself I don't need anybody else's help or lies I guess only lies you hear Is uh, everybody else I'm just here being honest I'm all on this The world The world is mine, go and grab it, I'm divine Everything I got, I get it Coming from the spine, got the world on my shoulders, so my back's in some pain. Gotta get me divine and awake. Shake divine, grapevine. Get the fruit, get the fruit, eat mine. Search, search for the knowledge, now I'm refined. Everything will be good, everything's fine. I don't know what you need, what you're here for. Everything it be good till the hardwood floor. Breaking underneath you, shaking the room. An earthquake coming, cause it's a monsoon, soon. I'll be the next monster tycoon. Shout out to Mac Dre, he coming through. Me unto you. Listen, please wouldn't you. Right now, we're happy to we're happy to hear you, Phil, Filthy Phil. Cool. Um, how'd you how'd you find your way here to San Francisco? Uh, I drove here in my Civic, actually. <laughs> Uh, from a land far, far away. Uh, from uh, down south in San Mateo, Foster City area. All right. Yeah. But you decided to throw your lot up here, is that right? Mm -hmm. And now you be up here. Yep. Now you've discovered us. That's right. Now you understand the key. What you'll see is about doing more together than any of us could do on our own. It's true. And now, oh, yeah. and now your uh, work is streaming around the planet on the internet on mutinyradio.fm. The, pod nice. the podcast of the Common Thread Collective will go up about maybe like 10 or 15 minutes after the 6 o'clock hour, and uh, you'll be able to uh, yeah, please just pass uh, it around. Yeah, if you did hear it and you want to hear more like the pre-recorded music I have that I like put more time into, go, yeah, go check me out on SoundCloud, yeah. G.U.H.D. Yeah, young fella, right smile. on. Do your thing. Yeah, well, hey, do your thing. Cool. Thank it's you. It's our I thing. Appreciate it. We've been together, so we don't know anybody like it was, I believe it was Tyler who said, Why don't you come through? One of the folks. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I good. Heard about, Tyler. Uh, 
from Clyde and the Sacred Grounds, all of oh, them. Yeah. They actually hand me a little sheet that had the open mics in the area. So I've been. Exactly. Well, here, the, this be up, open mic. I think it's. And so come on it's through, true. tell people about it. Oh, yeah. And keep on coming through because as you see, here we be. Well, I think Val. Yeah, Dave. We, I have to give. I'm waiting for my ride over there to the theater. I want to invite everybody to come through today to the Diego Rivera Theater at City College, because uh, we're going to be doing more together. Uh, we're going to be doing more together, and here we are. Yeah. So uh, if you missed the sh part of the earlier part of the show, Dave's talking about the play happening at, at City College called "The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui," uh, Bertolt Brecht's uh, play uh, directed by Patricia Miller, who talked with us at the beginning of today's show. And Dave, give us your introduction to the show again, because you're kind of the you're kind of the narrator barker yeah, at the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, we present today our great historical gangster play. Learn all about, learn all about, uh, learn all about, uh, about, uh, about forgery, fraud, and blackmail. Further, further, how to succeed in big business through murder. And that's the opening, that's the opening that you'll see me in a top hat. You'll see me on stage with the lights upon me. And that's opened it up to an elaborate, interesting play with many scenes and many actors, a multimedia presentation there at the Diego Rivera Theater. The, the play is by Britton Brecht, who you may know from the Seven Plus Six Plenty Opera or Mother Courage or the Caucasian Chalk uh, Circle. He was a Marxist, as she alluded to. He was a left-wing guy who managed to get out of Germany. He was a German dude just after the Reichstag fire when he said it was time to go. And, and, and there he, and he got out. And he wrote the play in Finland. And Looking the back, play? the play is the Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui. That's Arturo Ui. U I is Ui. So come on um, and they've got this very uh, kind of provocative uh, flyer for it, where it's basically uh, it's Hitler's head um, with some ransom notes on top of it and a papered out face, but a machine gun that's pointing right under his nose to replace that that uh, mustache. iconic mustache. Um, yeah, sounds like a pretty powerful show. I had no idea Rusty Rebar was in there. That's oh, great. Oh, two of us are the old guys. We be uh, <laughs> coming through the door. No, it's a younger guy. It's a very guy. But anyway, Rusty's <laughs> gonna come and pick me up and take me to the theater. Nice. And uh, life is. Hey Val. Yo. Once again, life is full of surprises. It is. Yeah. Oh yes. And oh yes. Who's this dude? Uh, is he looking at us? No, he looks like a comedy guy. <laughs> well, go He's a comedy guy. Go check it out. Oh, oh, pretty funny. Anyway, they'll be coming <laughs> out at six. Um, we'll say so I'm going to throw a little music on but Please then um, afterwards I was wondering if uh, I've got a poem that I wrote and, and performed this week earlier this week um, if I might do that with a little music and here be rusty. yeah blood flower is it's willing to play yeah well I'm going to throw the CD on and you get you get ready and what's that what are we going to do um, well, I'm just going to throw a little, that CD back on, and then you can get set up wherever you want to, wherever you want to be. Then we'll work it out. Yeah, we work it out. Okay. Yeah, I've got some. Yes, let's. 
listening to the common thread collective on mutinyradio.fm i'm global val and i've got a poem i'd like to read and bloodflower has generously sat down at the piano to play along with me here uh, i got to perform this down at the piano fight earlier this week on monday for the return of the word party um it was so cool with the nova jazz band uh, backing us up in the downtown venue so now we'll try it with piano And it's called Greasy Palms. Real estate developers cut corners and give us leaning towers. Disturb fields of wildflowers or uproot the family plots of Scots to make room for a golf course brought in by a pushy, bullish real estate developer. You just can't trust that kind of character. Because even when creating homes, the buyers will pay through the nose and most likely fight tooth and nail just to be called homeowners. Call me in 30 years and tell me when it's all over. Then maybe I'll pull my eyes open to see that real estate developers are inherently untrustworthy. Insiders get kickbacks, resistors get kicked out. Parking lots get more spaces than space. It's dense, but you'll figure it out. Put your head down and feed. If there's plenty of anything, there's plenty of greed. On that note, I've been learning a lot about swine. Hogs made to order, crossbred and designed. Smithfield sold out and off to an undisclosed company in China who is now the biggest producer of American pork. Does that sound like a last resort? No. Smithfield just wanted to make more. Money is a funny thing. It can buy you freedom or a slave-labored diamond ring. It can buy a political campaign and a mainstream media field day replete with ice cream. The circus has come to town and they're getting parades by the pound. But I cannot submit to this type of politics. It's a pep rally rather than a round table. It suggests a psychic frenzy rather than a compromising pool. Why can't we all just be cool? No, nay, vetoed, overruled. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
that we can do on our own. Hey, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm walking out the door. Thanks, hey, Bloodflower. Thank you. I'm walking out the door to go get my costume on, and maybe I'll see some of you out there, there at the Diego Rivera. About, I believe the showtime is 8 o'clock, but here we are. There'll be our prelims, there'll be earlies, and so on. Yes, but, but the action are, starts just, at 7, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. All right. Well, go, go raise a ruckus, Diamond Dave and Rusty Rebar. It's good yes, to have yes. you guys around. Happy you're uh, part of this uh, part of this play, and I hope I get to see it on one of these weekends, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend, and next at the Diego Rivera Theater at CCSF Ocean Campus at Judson and Phelan Avenues. Uh, for more information and reservations, visit resistible.brownpapertickets.com. Uh, there are some tickets available at the door as well. And for disability-related accommodations, please contact 415-241-2294. Again, 415-241-2294 um, if you have uh, disability-related accommodations that you need. Um, but also, uh, as Patricia Miller, the director, said earlier, tomorrow's performance is actually going to be signed. So um, if you're uh, hard of hearing, someone who, reading, who reads sign language, uh, tomorrow evening's performance is um will will uh, accommodate that and uh so you can still get the message wherever you are folks we hope you're having a good day uh i'm global val here from the common thread collective and uh glad you're with us
this Cause there's a party over here So you might as well be here with the people care Come to world. The time has come. 
Thanks for hang- hanging out uh, for our musical break. Thanks to the Chemical Brothers. Push the button. Um, but we've got uh, Richard, who's got to tell us about Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention out there, if you want to get away from the Blue Angels, uh, come over to Berkeley, Martin Luther King Park. Uh, it's a block and a half from uh, the downtown BART station. Uh, it's from 11 to 6. Uh, you might find out more information about what's going on in Standing Rock or what's going around in Indian country here in California. Uh, but it's also a good time to be had. It's a social gathering as well. Uh, there'll be arts there and a lot of dancing. And uh, so come out, bring the family, uh, and uh, be with the, with the people. So go ahead. Is that tomorrow? Yes. So tomorrow, October People's Day, October eighth. October eighth. Get away from the Blue Angels and come over and let's join the Native people in celebration. That's good. Thank you for that reminder. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. There's also, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of indigenous action around the Bay Area. Um, every new moon, when there's no visible moon in the sky. Um, there's a gathering of indigenous women who gather in Berkeley at Cesar Chavez Park down at the Berkeley Marina um, and have a kind of a cer- ceremony, um, new moon ceremony, prayer circle, um, every, obviously every, every month. <laughs> well, hopefully I'll be seeing uh, uh, some people from the Ohlone talk personally about doing a call-in yeah uh, let them know i'd also like to get in touch with the uh winneman wintu and colleen fisk so that she could do a call-in there's a lot going on up there with the water right now so it'd be good for people to know why they should boycott crystal crystal geyser um so okay. yeah so well, i'll try to come back with that info and see if we can get let some me let up. me ask you richard from a generational perspective as someone who was, uh, you know, alive and, uh, and around and in the world before there was such a thing as bottled water, 
Do you remember when the transition happened and and uh, what do you well, re- what do you remember about that that time or well I mean uh, reactions I, I, actually my relationship with water was one of filth because I grew up in Ohio and uh, Ohio they had no regard for what they threw in the rivers I grew up uh, where the creamery used to throw sour milk right into the Wabash uh, and the Wabash used to just be putrid smelling in the in the summertime. Um, Someone else was recently talking about the Wabash and, and River. And they controlled the uh, um, the river by damming it and dredging it because it used to flood. And Indian people, from what I've always heard, told the white man not to build there because it's a floodplain. So that's exactly where you put Fort Recovery was in the floodplain. So then they tried to control the river, and uh, doing that uh, deteriorated the river, at least at the mouth of the river. Uh, so that it barely has a trickle in there. There used to be catfish in it. Now there's nothing but little minnows. Uh, and uh, like I say, all the runoff from the farms, the, the manure, the, uh, the pesticides, insecticides. So the water was not uh, treated in a very sacred way back there. It was used as refuse mostly, as, as the society in general does use water as. And, um, and so... Then fluoridation came in. I remember that, and then all it became a communist plot, and then all it was fluoridation can cause <laughs> cancer. So there was always fear and, of that. And mind control. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm a little more worried about the chemical issue. Of, no, I understand. Uh, but <laughs> I but, love that uh, theory, though. But you know, it's our water control. right now is unsafe to drink with what's in San Francisco's water, and uh, to uh, you know, the major cities in this country are, are being treated like uh, Flint, and. Uh, and I've known people who worked in the uh, uh, water industry here in the city, and as I talked to them, I met three, and none of them will drink the water. So then, you're left, with the, then you're left with the uh, thing, well, I'll use Brita. I'll use those filters. But those filters don't take out the chemicals. They'll take out some of the stuff, but they don't take out the All more radiation as far as that goes. But no, wow. nothing will take that out. Um, and so, so we have, we have uh, issues of, that the water itself is, is toxic. Well, then, what's your other alternative is bottled water. And I'm not pleased about it, but I'm one of the guilty ones with that. I, I try to get it from uh, uh, having it uh, reversed, you know. Uh, my doctor thinks that distilled water is the best, but I look, uh, you know, that at least it's not coming from certain places that I know are endangered. Uh, you know, if they take the tap water and do some of the things they can do to it, well, then that's what I'm left to. I just don't think there's water safe to drink anymore. No matter where you, you know, it's not safe in the, in the bottles. Uh, and if there is a bottle out there now that says it doesn't have BHP in it, uh, but still it's going to be a pollutant, it's still plastic. Right. So you have that issue. So right now I think we're screwed with good water. I really do. And I think that's why it's important that the Standing Rock uh, uh, Lakota and all the people who are supporting the water because it's about the water uh, which is sacred to native people and should be sacred to us uh, right uh, you know this is the, the basis of our lives and look what we do to it right yeah humans are was it 70 percent water um, and uh, I was watching a and a report of the Standing Rock Reservation. It was uh, from PBS NewsHour, actually, I believe, and the reporter that they sent out there was talking to a, a local woman whose whose uh, land l- overlooks 
um, where they want to put the pipeline. And she said, you know, when, when we, every time we drink water, we give thanks for it, don't you? And, she, and he didn't say, the reporter didn't say anything. And she said, you will now. <laughs> you know, so I think it's just about, you know, if we if we just bring bring some awareness uh, to try to get people um, just, you know, being aware of of, of the most the, what seemingly such simple things. Well, I mean, it's just like what I was talking about with Fukushima earlier. Mm -hmm. And I was saying we got to talk to each other. Well, we certainly have to be doing some pressure uh, uh, to get that thing stopped over there. You know, they just keep letting it uh, leak. Yeah. They throw up their hands and there's nothing that can be done. Right. So. And along those lines, now they've got that Deepwater Horizon movie coming out, and it's like based on a true story about real life heroes. You know. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, it's like this. Kurt Russell and. Um, oh, he's my favorite Like hero. Mark Wahlberg. And oh, no, I, my favorite I, hero. I, and like all these, all these, it's like this all star, you know, get up about, I guess, about the, you know, the guys who are out there on the rig who are like trying to stop it. And it's like, you know what? They just let, they had no backup. BP had no backup plan. They had, no, they're, they're, um, I'm referring to um, the, the burst deep water drilling pipe in the Gulf of Mexico, um, which I say uh, back in 2010, and I, it's the and Gulf the of Mexico. The tsunami, Fukushima. Yeah, Fukushima was 2011, like oh, was 2011, February, I think. Was, but right, it wasn't too, it wasn't too, uh, too much later. Yeah. You're right. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just there, these, this deep, deep water offshore drilling, um, they didn't have um, the, the proper pr uh, precautions in place. They didn't have these emergency procedures in place. W when they looked at BP's um, uh, emergency, um, you know, what to do in case of emergency type um, documents that they had, you know, submitted and, and fa fashioned for, for this project in the Gulf of Mexico, um, they had just borrowed some of the language from the operations up in deep water in Alaska. And so uh, apparently there wasn't a, a very good editorial uh, legal staff, legal team working on it, because when you look at the one for the Gulf of Mexico, they're talking about, you know, like, uh, oh, like killer whales and polar bears <laughs> and stuff. Like they had just kind of like gleaned yeah, from yeah, yeah. someone else's, you know, playbook. Um, so just this, this, uh, this, corporate irresponsibility um not uh protecting you know not looking out for the planet um and every and all and all life on it including us um and and that's that's where the the power sources that's that's the f that's the leak we've got to we've got to close well, I, I mean uh, i don't know how many decades or years or millennium it's going to be to clean it up because that dispersant and oil still lays on the bottom so all your bottom fish and bottom uh, shellfish is uh, tainted with it yeah they poured and, and they poured kerosene oh, on this it this is really good well i understood the last time i heard a lot of the fishermen won't eat it i don't blame them i mean it's They'll hard to trust it, it right but they won't eat it it's hard it's hard to trust it um yeah, and that's that's a big part. So, I mean, how many times is this going to happen before we're left with nothing to eat? Well, we'll see. We'll, just, we'll, we'll take to the hills, Richard. Well, because like I say, there's so many things that we don't know about that is happening. It's true. It's true. Well, 
Have a bright, sunny day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Sanderell on the waterfront. <laughs> this is the Common Thread Collective. If you want to call in and, and join this conversation, feel free. Number here is 415-550-0511. And again, if you want to donate to Mutiny Radio, um, we are a community based collective uh, of um, dues paying members and we we do fundraisers throughout the year um, nobody's making money here we're just trying to you know keep the doors open so if you'd like to make a tax deductible donation to mutiny radio you may contact uh, the local our local 501c3 sponsor called media alliance and um go straight through Media Alliance. If, if you can't find us immediately, um, you can contact them, give them a call, and you can make a donation online, and it will be tax deductible. They will give you their tax code, uh, tax ID number, and you can write it off and say, Merry Christmas, Mutiny Radio. I know it's only October, but come on, commercialism's already putting them in the stores.
You're listening to Mutiny Radio here, San Francisco. Underground in the mission. Actually, I can I have a window. But uh, you know what I mean. And I wanted to announce a show that's coming up this Thursday at a place called Neck of the Woods on the 400 block of Clement Street in the inner Richmond district here in San Francisco. Um, it's going to be featuring Mutiny Radio's own David Cologne. Super nice guy, very talented. Um, also, it's going to be a CD release party for. Oh, I just had the flyer in my hand a minute ago. Uh, um, I'll I'll find it again. Um, but the but then the headlining act, <laughs> CD release party for an unnamed uh, musician. Uh, but I know the CD is called Curiosity. Um, but then the headlining act is the Wyatt Act. And um, if you don't, if you've never heard of the Wyatt Act, well, I understand. But uh, it's Guinevere Q, no big fucking deal. Um, Breakfast and uh, their their cool drummer, uh, DJ Son. And uh, this is a song that I heard them play at Viracocha. I'm just playing it off of YouTube, um, so I'm not quite sure of the quality, but this is the Wyatt Act 20 Motherfuckers. That was just a just a taste of the Wyatt Act, uh, <laughs> but they're they're a real fun, energetic group, and of course uh, they've got breakfast in there, a virtuoso, musical virtuoso, um, who's also part of. Um, he leads the Mission uh, Delirium. They're called Mission Delirium. It's a brass band that you might see show up on a corner here, anywhere in a given mission on a given night. You never know. Um, so go have fun, folks. Shit. 
Thanks for listening to the Common Thread Collective on this fine Friday in October, October 7th, 2016. Um, We'll be back next week with another edition of the Common Thread Collective. So please come down and join us. Um, Be a part of this. Uh, Live would be great. Come on in the door. We're at 21st in Florida at Mutiny Radio here in San Francisco and uh, 2781 21st Street at the corner of 21st and Florida. And, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're feeling kind of uh, disillusioned, apathetic, um, throwing your hands up and saying, what in the world has become of this world? Why should I even participate in the election? Well, here's a little poem for you folks, because uh, things that happen in the national level affect all of us in our lifestyles. So um, don't be complacent like this poem capitalist doves people sleep standing like stool pigeons responsively shuffling their feet to the sway of the train chin tucked in one wing out shoulders assuming a tense or defeated position and when the time comes responsibly shuffle off elsewhere to gather or roost doing the duty of the day's hunt or scavenge, praying for a personally profitable pecking order. I'm Global Val, and you're loved, and uh, you're out there doing good things, so please keep doing good things no matter what happens. Uh, we always need to feed in, to the, feed in good to the balance, and we'll tip those scales. Oh, yes, we will. Peace, and we love you. Uh-uh.
on a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. 
rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk, come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on Mutiny Radio.